0: Welcome to the Spirit Truth Worship Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Schaefer, and this is a podcast where we talk about leading your church and leading your team in biblically formed worship and spirit and truth. We talk about the worship culture and leadership and music and all of the different things that go into leading worship. Welcome back to the Spirit Truth Worship Podcast. My name is Dalton Schaefer, and I'm a worship leader at my local church. Uh, that's also a part of a church planting network. If you're new here, that's a lot of what we talk about is helping worship leaders lead their teams uh, to think biblically about worship and also how to train and equip uh, and, and really would love it if if more and more people were not just raising people up within their church, but we're sending them out. And I'm here with a good friend of mine who's also at a church planting network, uh, longtime friend of the channel, uh, co-host almost. If you will, uh, as, as we just did a podcast episode a couple weeks ago, uh, (laughs) that's a joke because we just recorded that podcast episode a few seconds ago and then we changed shirts. If you're on YouTube watching this and I'm, I'm the worst liar in the world. Uh, I can't even deceive people. We literally just recorded it, uh, but they'll probably come out two weeks apart. And so that's the truth. but we are wearing different clothes. If you're watching this on YouTube, even though those were moments, moments ago. And you're wearing a um, different hat, I think, right? Yeah. I changed hats too. I Isn't just, that I the worst? got
1: my spirit Truth hat, but I did my hair today. So I didn't want to mess it up. Yes. Yeah. I, uh, did not, my hair I did hair looks not. I did not. It did two weeks ago.
0: <laughs> yes. Hasn't grown at all since two weeks <laughs> ago when you are on the show. Uh, well, that's great. Uh, well, so, uh, Why do I always just laugh when we're talking? I love hanging out with Jimmy. Uh, He makes me laugh. Uh, Jimmy, if you're new and you don't know Jimmy, he is uh, a part of Open Door Church in Raleigh, North Carolina, where he Mm -hmm. serves as the worship leader, uh, as well as that's a part of the Pillar Network, a church church planning network. And he also does a YouTube channel called Hey Worship Leader. So I'll link that below. You can go check that out. We've got a few videos together uh, over on the Hey Worship Leader YouTube channel. He's got a website. Uh, Anything related to electric guitar and the modeling world, all the line six stuff. Uh, he's a great resource as well as thinking theologically he brings guests on his chance. So go check that out. Uh, but today we just want to hop in. We're just going to go straight into a topic uh, that I, I love. Uh, I I have my notes pulled up from what you sent. And you just said buzzword liturgy, uh, which I love liturgy is in my title. So my technical title at my job is leader of music ministry and liturgy for Candeo church. So that Mm. is actually part of my job title, uh, because a big part of the role of the worship leader isn't just to think about music, but it's actually to think about the liturgy of the church, the order Mm. of our gatherings as we meet week to week. Uh, and so we wanted to talk a little bit about a trend that I, I believe has really, uh, been probably taking place for decades, but I've seen it. I've been following Jesus, uh, since I was 20 years old in college, which is only about eight years. I've been leading worship that whole time. A lot of you watching this probably are in that same boat of, uh, man, you start following Jesus and you could play guitar and you became a worship leader like overnight because that's how it goes. <laughs> uh, but there's been a trend that I've seen in those eight years of this movement towards depth. Uh, rich theology. More songs are being written right now <clears throat> that are full of scripture, full of God's word, full of, yeah, just, I think this rooted depth of theology and doctrine that I've been so encouraged by and that our, our church really loves and responds well to. And so we just yeah. want to talk a little bit about that movement, kind of maybe what we've seen this movement away from gimmicks. Maybe, maybe some churches are still doing some gimmicks. Uh, Jimmy, we can talk about that a little bit, but let's jump in Jimmy. What, what mm-hmm. are some of your initial thoughts and we'll, we'll talk about it.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, did you, did you use the word gimmick yet? I just said gimmick. Yeah, you just right, did. I, I did. I just said it. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> I have a, well, there's, there's two, there's two books. I'm just going to say two resources that I've read recently. I was trying to type down when you said the word I was typing them down so I wouldn't forget, but one of them is disruptive witness. I don't have the book with me and I can't remember who wrote it. And then the other one is a Carl Truman book. And I don't remember the title of it. I'll have to get it to you. Maybe you can link them down below because they were super okay. helpful. Yeah. It's just right here on camera. I can't remember the titles of these books. Yeah, but for sure. Um, and we can get to this more. I just I want to get those books up here at the front so people uh, can check them out. But those books are really helpful, at, especially Disruptive Witness, which I think is a little more accessible, a little less academic, um, about getting people away from like the fluff of our world. And so like gimmick stuff, Mm. we've seen churches just over the years, do anything and everything to get people in the door. And I would say that what
0: we should stop, we should stop right here and mention some of the things that we've seen churches do to get people in the door. I got, I got one off the top of my head that I know a guy who told his youth group that if 50 people showed up, he would swallow a live goldfish. True story. (laughs) that's the kind of stuff i'm talking about it's like what are you guys if you have to swallow goldfish to get to get people to your youth group your youth group's not great (laughs) Yeah. We wow. teach the Bible, teach these kids how to follow Jesus. Uh, yeah. do, you, do you have any off the top of your head without, I don't want to step on too many toes, but.
1: Right. Well, I think, I think what helps is that we have the internet. So um, I've seen some crazy, I I'll follow a few accounts. I won't name them in case they're not appropriate, but um, <laughs> there's some that are just focused on like cringe worthy church stuff so it's not worship oh. fail these aren't like clear fails this is i know almost like- i
0: know what the, i know what account you're talking about i think <laughs> i think i know <laughs> the one
1: well i you know whatever so there's there are several out there but there's one popular one I, I keep seeing and there's like cringe-worthy stuff and you know you see videos of like the pastor sliding down the the uh a cable coming in like jesus or you know just doing <laughs> anything and everything Wow. to just get people's attention. And and on one hand, I wanna say, I understand it. On one mm-hmm. hand, I understand it because it's like, people are are so conditioned, especially within the last few years of like TikTok and really short form video of like, wow. man, you, you have yeah. 2.5 seconds, if that, to grab someone's attention or they're, they're yep. checking out. And the yeah, further we true. go, the more I understand that like people are just wired that way. I'm more wired that way today than I was last year, probably like, it's just how it's just how social media is changing us. And, um, what we have is so much more solid. It's so much more, um, grounded than this fluff that we see out there. And so when the church tries to have all these gimmicks to compete, it's just corny and stupid. Okay. That's one side. There are gimmicks that are amazing. Like I saw a video um, of someone who did, like you just mentioned, and I don't know if this is the same church, but some church was doing a, what was it called? A night at the movies or what? At the, yeah. The at the movie series, at which is very series.
0: popular. So if your church does not at the movie series, please let us know the fruit that you've seen from it. We, we don't mean to poke too much fun, right. but yeah, sometimes but. it does seem a little bit just kind of like this gimmicky kind of thing.
1: Yeah. And I, I saw a video of one and it looked amazing. Like they poured money into it. I would say it was done with excellence because it looked yeah, like yeah. a ride at Disney world. Like there were dinosaurs and like it's like because, adult
0: VBS.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so I want to say up front that, right. I'm not bashing that yeah. to bash that. Like people I'm sorry. The drink. adult
0: VBS comment was maybe I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> I know we have to, we have, you have to, you have to be careful. We, we're not the, the purpose of this podcast. is Not p- make people mad, but um, I think what it can do is not everyone has the resource to make it excellent, and so it can become cheesy. But I think what it does is it teaches our people in in a direct or indirect way that we don't trust enough in the the solid things of our faith, wow. God's word prayer like so i'm not trying to say that these people don't believe that because they're like hey if they could just get into the church they could see how great it is yeah of course they yeah absolutely understand understand the heart behind it because i've done some of that i'm sure i can't think of anything that crazy but just like trying to get people in the door um so that they can see god move but uh that's that's not so so the book disruptive witness was like it really helped me think like hey uh, we're we're so conditioned to be desensitized, and that's you know I think we're sounding very old-fashioned, Dalton. But his kids okay. these days are being desensitized. <laughs> um, But like we'll swipe and we'll see like a kitty video, and we'll see a, a worship fails video right next to like something very serious, like Ukraine getting bombed. You know, a few months back. And, wow. Yeah. And stuff that's like so like wow that, that should really that should make me stop and think, but I'm like 2.5 seconds in and I swipe and see the next thing and I go see the next thing. And so what that does is it triggers my mind to take in fluff stuff and deep rich things and put them in the same category. So now I, I, I am just conditioned to be shallow because I've, I've taken away the ability to reflect on something. That's mm-hmm. higher or outside of myself. And so what disruptive witness that book has helped me is like, man, I need to like train. I'm being wired. I'm being trained every day to think a certain way. I need to work really hard to untrain myself, to detrain myself, to make sure that I'm not continuing to be trained to uh, think about fluff stuff and, and heavy stuff um, on, on the same wavelength. And I think that's what the church is competing with because we have the ultimate transcendent loving god but people aren't even in the framework to think about and ponder those things does that make sense wow. to you have you experienced <laughs> yeah that?
0: yeah i think one of the ways and I, and I think there's like a lack of congruency when when this starts to happen because i have seen people post on social media on their instagram stories and they'll post something really heavy it'll be a response to the ukraine thing or a response to a major uh like like one of these mass shootings um mm, yeah and you, you see this posted and we had this happen in our own network. There was a shooting that took place at one of our churches in our network where three people died at the church at a, one of our college services. Wow. And yeah. you see people posting about these things that are really heavy and they hit really close to home and they'll post a photo uh, and something about how they're praying and how they're heartbroken and how they're having trouble processing and how uh, they're just overwhelmed with emotion and all these things, which I think is, I think it's okay to put some of that stuff online. Uh, I think sometimes it's better that we actually need to go in secret and process some of these things, not in the public eye, but then they'll, they'll post right after that, a a funny cat video, like you said, (laughs) and then you'll see the timestamp and they'll have been posted two minutes apart. Right. As if they're trying to process something super heavy, but before they really have a chance to, they've already gone to the funny video and they've posted that in the same thread Mm. where it's just back to back on their stories, posted moments apart And I think too, so a friend of mine, Aaron, uh, Aaron Williams, who, uh, is a part of the worship initiative and a songwriter, uh, and was on staff at fellowship when I was there as one of the worship leaders. And he, uh, led worship this past weekend and gave a kind of a call to worship moment. Another one of my friends uh, that I've kind of met through Instagram and all that was preaching and told me that he was preaching and Aaron was filling in for him, leading worship. And so I wanted to check it out. And he had this call to worship. And he said that, uh, he was talking about like the average attention span and there's been research on, on done. And like, I think 10 years ago, the average attention span was only 12 seconds and now Mm -hmm. it's only nine seconds because we've been trained to glance. And that's what he said. He's like, we've been, uh, Mm -hmm. we're in a culture where we're trained to glance, but God's word calls us to stop and behold, not to glance, not to look for a moment. And I just thought, dude, that is so good. What an invitation not to glance, not to do a gimmick, not to do something quick and flashy, but to stop and behold, to take in the glory of Christ. And Mm so I think that one of the movements I've seen is that movement where guys like Aaron and, and so many great worship leaders I know are inviting people to stop not to glance, not to impress people with how talented they are, mm. but to actually stop and behold something worth looking at and thinking on and meditating on, which is Christ and in his word. Uh-huh. And so, yeah, man, I, I have seen I'm that. Really, uh, I feel it myself and yeah,
1: I'm panicking to write it down, but I, I realize this is being recorded and I'll be able to yeah, go back. We, and- <laughs>
0: yeah. I, I wrote it down when I watched, it. I thought, dude, I'm
1: stealing that man. That is, that that's is gold. Great, that's a great call to worship. Like yeah, that's something to say good. to teach your people. Yeah. Like, I mean, and, and we're a part of it. Like I, I'm sitting here feeling convicted. Like I know that I have times of, of where I'm like, man, I haven't reflected on anything <laughs> of substance in a while. I've, it's, it's, wow. it's, I've glanced at it, but I haven't. Yeah. So, you know, I think if you say, well, what's wrong with the gimmicks, if, if it gets people in the door, I try to think of like, we're not saying things wrong. We're just saying like, let's, let's train our people to love God and let's mm. point to him. Um, I think one of the biggest problems of our culture and where we're heading is, is of self. So we had a, um, a podcast two weeks ago or two minutes ago, um, something we were talking like about, that. Yeah. Something like that. We we're talking about comparing. And I think, you know, we, we know about it, social media and I, I keep re- referencing social media, but it's, it's more than that. It's our whole culture of, self is at at the middle. And so when we talk about gimmicks or entertainment at church, like I wish I would have wrote it down, but um you I think you shared something the other day on Instagram and then I shared it. I reposted it. I forgot who, what it was, but it was talking about entertainment, how we need to like un our people. Yeah. I forgot how it was worded. Yeah. That, that yeah. post. Well yeah, I had yeah. some comments on the back end of Instagram, you know, in my in my messages of like people are like, that sounds good, but they were really they were they were needing some help processing that because they were like and it was this they immediately went to um like well don't i need to like have excellence and prepare and i'm like oh definitely totally like that's that's different like having excellence for our king is is one thing creating a culture of entertainment is a completely different thing and i think we are constantly being entertained and so the church is trying to catch up and trying to entertain sometimes but it's Mm -hmm. it's we're shaping ourselves to continue to be entertained. And what that does is it, it keeps us from uh, coming into like a gathering. Like we miss the main thing because we are so used to being entertained that that's, that's all we're doing. Like we are literally looking around trying to be entertained. And I'm using that loosely. Like, did I like this? Is the coffee good man? That transition was bad. And I try to think of people that aren't even worship leaders. Like they're not thinking about music, but they're thinking like the sermon went too long. I didn't really like that song or I love that song. And the rest of the time they're like, who sings that song? Oh, cool. You know, and they're not, they're, they're missing it. They're missing mm. the importance of the gathering because they're just so consumed by the entertainment factor. And so what we have to do as worship leaders more than ever is like tear people away from that, that state of mind and yeah. knowing that we have to do this to ourselves, like they need help. That's part of the work leaders job is to say, Hey, all this stuff is fluff. Yeah, but there is a wow. great God. And we're here today to do something that you haven't done. All yes, week. you have not done this all week. Now you may have done it personally, but today is special because we're gathered together as the body mm-hmm. to put away all that stuff for this moment and focus on this transcendent, not right in front of us, God. That is here to be worshipped, and he's the greatest thing that's ever happened to the world. And like, it's hard. And even when you do a cult worship and try to call people that, you're still gonna have people like, you know, what's the worst thing (laughs) is you're up there like really into it, and like you're, this is going good, and you see people in the back like sipping coffee and joking around. They're like, man, they're they're missing it. Wow, they're just missing it. Uh, And we have to. It's hard to tear people away from that.
0: Yeah, no, I think you're right, and. Man, I found that that quote that you were talking about. Uh, it was this kind of thread, also from Aaron. So this is double dose of Aaron. So same guy. This uh Aaron. He said, "Yo, oh, he's so good. He's so good." Yeah, follow him at Aaron W Music on Instagram and go check out his new music. Uh, but we, uh, he says, we must lovingly disappoint those looking for entertainment, including ourselves in order to recover what it means to be a people centered around the person and presence of Jesus. Because often what we're doing is we're looking for what, what can I get out of this? Not can I bring a sacrifice of praise to the Lord? Can I worship Mm -hmm. the Lord in spirit and truth? What can I bring that maybe my lifted voice would actually, as I address one another in Psalms and spiritual thought, what can I pour out for the sake of others? How can I serve others? But we come and go, what can I get out of this service? What, Mm. what, what does Jesus have for me today? And it's like, Mm. man, you know what? Maybe that's not the most important thing. And it's okay Mm. not to, not to be bad, not to do things poorly. Excellence is still good. All those things are true, but to lovingly disappoint, not by being bad at what we do, but by pointing people to something that's greater than themselves. And someone might go, man, you know, I'm disappointed that I didn't get something for me, but man, what I actually did get it is for me is this, that it's not about me and that I can mm. actually start to shape my life around Jesus and not myself. And it yeah. might feel like you're losing something, but you're actually gaining something much greater when you, when you do that. And so mm. no, I think that's, man, I think that's super good. Let's so keep how going do we do with it. this. Yeah. yeah. How do we do it? And I, a movement towards depth. I think is, you know, some of what you were saying about, uh, yeah, it's this idea of like, okay, we know that people are coming in distracted. We know that they're coming in having scrolled all week. Even, even my mom, my mom's on TikTok. Guys, my mom's 55. My mom (laughs) tells me about being on. So TikTok isn't just for, uh, young, younger people. It's not just for Gen Z or millennials. This is, you know, everyone struggles with the same things. And if it's not TikTok, maybe it's the nightly news, maybe it's uh whatever else, maybe it's being so consumed with work that you don't have time for Jesus and your family and all those things. But we're all distracted. We all have a, a thousand things on our mind and it's our jobs as worship leaders not to entertain, not to just uh, do some gimmick to get people in, in the room, but to see people transformed. I, I think of uh, what the scripture says that we all with unveiled face beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into his image from one degree of glory to the next. That we, all, we have unveiled faces because of what Christ has done. The veil has been torn. We're no longer bound by the law of Moses, but we have the law of grace in Christ. And we are being transformed if we will behold his glory. But I, I think it's almost like, but if you don't behold his glory, you miss it. Right. If we fail to behold, if we fail to stop long enough to meditate on God's word, to think on the things of christ to gather together and teach and admonish one another and psalms hymns, and spiritual songs singing to one another and to the lord with thankfulness in our hearts if we fail to do that or we gather and instead of doing that we just sing fluff like we don't we don't let the word of christ dwell richly among us we just right. let Our feelings dwell richly among us or a catchy line or a cool guitar part or a a drum fill dwell richly among us. No, we want the word of Christ to dwell richly among us. And so I think this movement and you see it, I've been encouraged even a lot of these like you know the big names you think of the elevations you know Bethel Hillsong uh Passion uh and I'm not lumping those in to say those are the bad guys like some of you immediately were like those are the bad no they're not they're not the bad guys they're not the bad guys but man even them they're writing some great lyrics there's been a movement towards this kind of modern hymnody that you're seeing even yeah. uh, I think of Him a Heaven with Phil Wickham that that was awesome several years ago uh Hillsong released Man of Sorrows which was just a beautifully written uh masterpiece of a song oh praise the name is one of those that is kind of becoming this kind of man it's yeah. going to be around for decades because it's so good yeah. uh, there's a lot of people i mean the worship initiatives putting out a lot of great stuff they have original songs full of, of depth and scripture uh and there's a lot of stuff out right now song-wise but i think City of light yeah. has, a, I mean, yet not I is one of my favorite songs. I've been looking at their song ancient of days. Cause we're about to do a, a series in the book of Daniel and Daniel okay. is where we see the vision, uh, and, and God is named the ancient of days. And so we're looking yeah. at that song for our series coming up in the fall, which I'm excited for. So some nice. great, and they have some new stuff coming out soon, I think, which, which I'm excited for. Uh, but you have all these like great artists writing depth, but not just depth of songs. I think there's also been a movement towards a depth of thinking uh, among the worship leaders that it's not just about good sounding uh, bands and vocalists, but but this, this idea that we can actually structure a service, a liturgy, if you will, uh, that would help us to behold the glory of Christ. So something we do that isn't original to me and uh, is I, maybe something that you guys do too. There's a book called Christ centered worship, uh, that talks about this, um, and this idea of like an Isaiah six model of worship that is kind of this praise and adoration a movement to confession, a movement to assurance of pardon, and then a movement to response. So this kind of four part movement, we think through that we teach our youth worship leader, our college worship leader, I'm doing this, uh, any of our lay worship leaders, we want to teach them to think through this kind of movement, not just, I don't want just five great songs. I don't want a set that sounds really good. I actually want a set that's going to disciple our people. It's going to be full of the word of God. It's going to help them one praise the Lord because he's worthy. Can Mm. we just say that? Like he's actually worthy of us to sing If nothing else happened, if the band didn't sound good, he's worthy. If it's a song you don't like, he's worthy. If the song's too low for your range, he's still worthy. If it's too high, Mm -hmm. he's still worthy. If you had a bad week, he's still worthy. There's nothing that goes on that makes him unworthy to receive worship. So we want to praise him because he's worthy. We want to give him praise and adoration but then we want to confess. We actually want to say just like Isaiah, that I'm a man of unclean lips. I come from a people of unclean lips. Woe is me. I am broken. I'm a sinner, And apart from Christ, I have no hope. Lord, I confess that I need you. I confess that this week I've done things to sin against you. Lord, would you forgive me? But once we do that, God's word is clear that he is faithful and just not just to forgive us, but to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And he has done this by the cross of Jesus. So we want to Mm -hmm. sing songs that talk about the cross, the blood of Christ being washed. Why does not this assurance of pardon? And if that is true for you and me, that we have been washed white as snow by the blood of Jesus, that we are no longer a people separated from God, but we are called God's children, sons and mm-hmm. daughters, that we are redeemed, <laughs> that we are his own, that we are a royal priesthood. If all of these things are true of us, then what can we do but respond and worship? And that, yeah. that's what we want to disciple our people towards. And so, i think i've learned this austin stone has been a big part of of my journey with this i took a kind of an online worship leader class through them years ago it was probably six years ago but man there's been such a movement and you see it yeah you see with the worship initiative stuff Um, there's a lot of different places that i've seen this kind of growth of going man we want to not just be accurate with lyrics But man, we want to, we want to go deep theologically. We want to think liturgy structures. We want to think about how we're discipling our teams. And so what, what's been your experience? I know that you're you're kind of in a similar, uh, space with your ministry and we've talked about this stuff. And so I'd love to hear kind of what you've seen in that and maybe even what it's played out in your own ministry.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, as as far as like liturgy and our response to like how we're going to train our people to see God that that call like you said like he's worthy mm. to be praised so how are we going to make sure that our rhythms are are shaped in a way to where it it blesses us gives him glory and then trains us to to actually behold him like you said and so we're kind of on this monthly, um, rhythm, which I love. I think if I were to leave this church, I would try to implement what we do at our church now. Um, and it's not because it's mine. Like the leadership has come up with this and it's been formed since, since I've been there. I think it's really, uh, I've been able to see it just come together in in a really nice way. But I know some churches, I've been a part of churches that will do like the Lord's supper, like, twice a year, once a quarter. I've also yeah. been in churches where they do it every single week. We yep. do it like once a month. So, and we try to tell yeah, our people same. like, Hey, we're on, we're on a, a monthly rhythm. So what I hope that does like as a byproduct is it tells people to come because <laughs> if they, uh, if they're not attending regularly, like if you miss one communion, Lord's Lord supper, uh, service, then you're like, you're, you're going to miss two months of that. Um, so that's like one downfall. You could do it. I'm not saying you have to do one month. That's just the, the schedule we're on. Um but like to me I think that's a, a good rhythm to where I've seen it where you do it every single week it can be like so um done so often that it kind of loses its uh yep. the meaning behind it not saying it has to um I mean yep. we do things every single week and I am constantly reminding myself my team and the people I'll say like we say this stuff every single week God is good he loves you he died for you proved that on the cross we're yeah. going to say that every week and it's never going to get old. And as soon as it does, yeah. let's check our hearts because it yeah. doesn't need to be old. That's the best news yeah. in the world. Wow! Um, so, good. And just even saying that stuff from stage, like people are like, Oh yeah, I have probably glossed over wow. um, the resurrection when, wow, that's the only thing keeping me alive right now. Um, yeah. So, so the Lord's supper is something that I think that we, we do often. And it's something that we don't do uh, flippantly because this is something that draws us directly to our sin it reminds us of our sin i think that's one of the things that we avoid as humans and so it's easier to scroll than to ponder something great it's definitely something we don't like to do something we definitely don't like to do is to ponder our own failures and our own sin and so what the lord's supper does to us is it says yes we are sinners but it then immediately celebrates like yes but this blood has covered it and now we mm. together are celebrating so if your church doesn't do the lord's supper enough like I would, I would suggest doing it more. Uh, if you do it too much to where you've kind of like lost the meaning behind it, I would say, man, just renew that spirit of like, what are we doing here? Like, this is yeah. one of the ordinances that the church is called to do. It's important. It's not just a rhythm. Like, oh, we can do it or not do it. It's just one of these things that like, if we really focus on the meaning behind it, it's, it, it runs deep and it can really like firm up our, our faith in Christ and then just seeing us as a body. So like you mentioned earlier, like, we don't, we don't do, um, communion, like in small groups either. I know different churches have different uh, viewpoints on this, but like, this is for us, for our church, since it's not done at home or in small groups, like this is the one time where we gather and we commune together and we're yeah. reminded of, of what the crucifixion and resurrection yeah. is.
0: What what does that look like for your worship team? Cause I was at a church where the worship team never took communion with the church cause we were kind of vamping behind that part of the sur- service. And when yeah. I got to my current church, I was just so used to that that i didn't even think to ask and my first service i realized like oh the band doesn't play like we go on stage and don't play and we take it on stage together because at my last church we would take communion on the same day but we would take it off stage together because since we weren't taking it on stage and yeah. that was a change we made so we, we actually do so I'm, I'm taking that little grape juice cup yeah. right before i sing that response song man and it <laughs> i love it i love it for what it signifies that no, we're, we're actually a part of the church and we, we want to be involved in this. And this is a communal thing. I hate it. in the fact that I almost always cannot sing that song. Well, because there's that grape juice is borderline border. fermented and going down yeah. the, the throat. It's yeah, so
1: anyways for us. Yeah. We, uh, it's important to take it and take it in front with the church. Um, some people on the team have said we're going to, like, cause we do two services, which is another reason I want to do one service, but, um, we do two services and some like, yeah, let's take it in both services they're like we're gonna take it twice. I'm like, yes <laughs> because it's a symbol and our church is divided right now into two different services and so I would I would rather take it twice just like the pastors and elders are doing as they're doing it in each service. Um, I'd rather take it twice than for us to look like we're on stage watching people not joining them Wow in in, in the Lord's Supper, which is bringing us together and so yes. We we're doing that sometimes some weeks it's like we forget, you know, it's been a busy morning and like, Oh, we're on stage and we forgot to grab our cups. And so I'll try to go down and get them right now, right now in our green room, there's a line of like nine little cups for the next, which this week, this coming week. Uh, so that when we get ready to walk out on stage, we'll just take it with us or whether we're coming up for that, that vamping moment or whatever. Uh, so yeah. yes, I would, yeah, we do it. Even if you're playing, stop playing or, you know, it's easy for a keyboard to, Hit a chord and hit that sustain button and let there be music playing or let there be a pad in Ableton or something. If you're scared of silence, Um, there are ways around it. Make sure you take communion with your people.
0: That's good. I, you know, that, that brings up a whole nother thing too. I've started sitting in both services (laughs) because I don't want my people to see, because I always sat in the first service. Uh, and my wife always wants to sit in the second service. So I sit with her in the second service and I, and I sit on the front row usually with a bunch of my volunteers in the first service. And there's been a a massive shift in just having our band walk off stage into the room, not backstage, but straight off the front of the stage and just go sit on the front row. And I, I'm becoming more and more convinced the longer I do this, that our church needs to see the worship team actually sit in the room, which maybe means sitting in multiple services. So I'm not telling other people to implement that today if that's not something you're doing, but I've only found it to be personally edifying and fruitful in our church. Even we had a guest preacher come in this past weekend and he actually said from the stage first service, wow, this is the first worship team I've seen sit in the room. Um, And he's like in his sixties, he's like, this is the first worship scene I've actually seen not walk backstage, but actually come and sit in the room. And I just thought, wow, that, that it's been so common for this guy. And however many churches he travels all over the world to, he does like church planning stuff. And so now most of the churches he's in are actually like, you know, 20 people in, you know, overseas and unreached people groups. But, uh, when he's in the States, he said, it's so common just to see people walk off. So anyways, I just encourage you to, that's another way you're actually discipling your people is by sitting under and how do you respond in worship when you didn't sit under the teaching? And so I just think that's great. Um, all right. I I don't want to go too much longer here, but we, we have quite a few more things. Could we run through kind of a list of like, what are some different ways that if you want to incorporate more depth theology, uh, maybe incorporate some new things that aren't already a part of your ministry? let's just hit a kind of a bullet point list of some things that we include in our services that might be helpful.
1: Yeah. So we have our two ordinances, um, that you're probably already doing at some, some, uh, so Lord's Supper and then baptisms as needed. Right. I mean, (laughs) that's that's an as needed thing, but hopefully they're, they're more regular than not. And just hearing testimony. Like, so when we do baptisms, we have, uh, people read or say their testimony, um, so that people can hear the story. And I think that's just amazing rather than just seeing, Oh, that person must've got saved. But I'm, we're thinking through like people who don't know Christ who are in the service. And they're like, wait, why? why is that person getting dunked? Like, so we just, they tell the story. And in that story is why they're getting baptized. So baptism, do them as often as you can. Um, and then something that's been really great for us that I did not grow up doing. And that's like having uh, reading creeds together. So we read right now, we read the apostles creed, which is a little bit shorter. And then we read the Nicene creed, which is a little bit longer. Both of these creeds are great. There's plenty more out there in church history. Those are the ones that we're doing right now. Um, and then creeds and then readings, like having the congregation uh, read with you, whether that's scripture or another reading that you might find like a Puritan prayer or something. You got it. You got it. What do you have? this is
0: a great book of, of corporate readings called the worship source book. Oh, okay. Awesome. Awesome. It's just full of corporate readings for, and it's kind of organized by like church calendar. Um, you can, there's like the front half is like based on like parts of a liturgy. So if it's like a call to worship or right before the reading of the word, different things like that. And then the back half is based on like Easter, Pentecost, uh, Advent, different stuff like that. So that's a great resource that I've used for corporate readings called the worship source, but
1: yeah, that's great. So if you're, if you're not currently giving your people the opportunity to not only sing because singing is one of those things that I'm going to get to that in just a second, but that's one of the parts of the service where we are not only mentally engaged, but physically engaged. And so reading the creed together, um, or reading these readings or prayers or a portion of scripture, yeah. having them, um, being able to participate rather than just observe really can help, um, jolt people out of the entertainment, like what we're talking about, that yep. fluff. they're like, oh, I'm, I'm doing this. I'm hearing the voices of people around me also saying this. It's 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 super helpful. There's many more benefits to doing creeds, like agreeing yep. with church fathers who've gone before. We could, we could talk about that probably for a while. But uh, to move on, the other thing that, uh, that I think about is elevating voices. So we, we are worship leaders. We focus a lot of time on music. I love music. I like a huge wall of sound. Like I just yep. love loud, loud music. But um, but more and more, uh, I've, I'm not only doing the wall of sound to build energy, and I, I say you sh- should still do that because that helps connect our emotions. Music's great at connecting our emotions, our affections. Jonathan Edwards, um, to what we're, to what we're like uh, mentally assenting to, you know. And so, but what what is also amazing and awesome to to and encouraging for us is to elevate voices. Have multiple times built into the service where like. Only the voices are being heard. So even if that's like actual acapella. Um, so I have one of my goals this year because I didn't do it as much as I wanted to last year and last few years, I thought I'm going to build in an acapella moment at least once a service, like at least once a service, maybe even once a set, I might try to start doing that more. Like we'll just end acapella or just have an acapella moment at the end of a song and then come back in. And it's been just fantastic just because it's like, it's reminding our people like, I, I love it. Cause it's just, fun, like just hearing voices. I can tell that people like, like that, those moments, but what it does is it, it trains our people to like, we're not here to hear the guitar solo and my helix presets and like the Sunday sounds keys. Uh, we're here to to hear each other sing, um, to, you know, yeah, that's, that's the point. And so what that does is it, uh, it keeps us from then being also, that's another thing for keeping us from being entertained. And I've said this before, like, yes you can be entertained with like a solo voice but when you have a room of uh of voices and you're the one participating you're not being entertained you're you're in mm-hmm. you're joining in a, yeah in that you're moment. not a like,
0: consumer you're uh right. you're actually contributing to the moment, right to the worship
1: yeah so so that's like that's a quick list you were you know it's a quick list yeah. of things that if people aren't doing they can do that Yeah, I
0: think going back to the readings, this one's big for me that we, we say at our church that we're going to be worship leaders who open the Bible. That's like a phrase that we've started using just as like a culture thing is like, we're going to be worship leaders who open the Bible. So we do, we have our worship leader, like whoever plans, we plan a shepherding moment or a call to worship every week where we actually pick up a physical Bible, Mm. open it. And we read the word. Sometimes we all read it together. We kind of do like a responsive reading. Sometimes it'll be maybe like I read this first part. You're going to read the next part, you know, whatever. Sometimes I just read it over you or whoever's leading worship. Uh, but man, uh, just yeah. opening the Bible and just letting scripture be the thing that calls you to worship. Like, man, right. our worship is a response to God's revelation. So what better way to get people to engage and respond in worship than to actually read the Bible like we believe it's true. Don't just get up there and mm-hmm. be like, for God, so loved the world or whatever. Like, no, actually read it. It's like, man, this is true of us that we were dead in our trespasses and sins in which we once walked, but God being rich in mercy because of the mm-hmm. great love with which he loved you has made you alive together with Christ by grace. You've been saved, man. Well, I, yeah. I want to worship a Lord who has shown this kind of mercy to me. And so, yeah, I think that's the only thing I think I would add. We did an acapella thing, uh, not this past Sunday, but the week before, uh, super sweet moment where we just had the band just drop out. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of started strumming on acoustic just that, and then pulled that out and it was a sweet moment. And yeah. then the same set at the very end, we did the doxology and mm. dude, it was like, yeah, the first pass was just super down voices roaring we went back into it and had the band come in and swell we kind of and you got both the participation and just the voices and the wall of sound but because they were already singing yeah. And they were like roaring and it was a powerful wow. moment. And so, and you can use, you know, we use, you know, like lighting cues can help with that too. Cause we have some like audience lights that we don't want to just light up the band. Cause it's about us. We actually light up our congregation as well because we're, we're all participating in this. I mean, we yeah. actually increased it on the doxology and it was kind of a, it was like, whoa, this is a sweet, it was a holy moment for real. It was like yeah. a holy moment. People were coming up after like do that moment was so powerful. When the lights came up, we really highlighted the voices we engaged. And so, man, just think wow. you know, as we're talking about this movement away from, uh, you know, gimmicks and shallow things and towards depth. Uh, if you want to see people respond in true worship, I, I really do believe that depth is, is the avenue by which we're going to see people respond in true worship, uh, as they're exposed sure to a sure. greater level of revelation of God, uh, then their, their worship is going to be a greater response to that. And so yeah, man, Jimmy, thanks so much for, uh, do you have yeah. a last thought?
1: Well, I, I didn't know if I could plug something and and it's not just yes. for just, it's, uh, Please I, do, do. I did create a, uh, a digital worship planner. And the reason I bring this up is because in there yes. I, have, I have prompts for like, for this, So I have like little boxes that I use. I'm like, okay, what is the liturgy going to look like this week? And I can write in those, those in like the flow of the service. And there's like prompts to like lead your teams and pastor your people. But I created that for this topic, like how yes. am I going to craft a service and and I'm visual. So I'm like, I like to visually see like how things are going to flow. And so anyways, I can link that down or have you linked that down below or whatever, yep. but
0: yeah, we can link it below or they, and they can just head over to your website to get that. Is that Hey,
1: Yep. And it's up there. Yep.
0: Sweet. Yeah. We'll link it down below, but if you just want to type that into, that'd be a great way to do it. And as always, we want to say thanks for watching or listening to this, where if you're on YouTube, we appreciate it. If you don't mind liking this video, subscribing to the channel, or if you're listening in a podcast, we would love a five-star review. Uh, we're not interested in four stars, three stars, two stars, or one stars. We're not interested in real feedback or critiques. We just want uh, a nice, fluffy, kind five-star review helps get the podcast around, gets more people involved. I'm sort of joking, but also not. And so, uh, you're welcome. If you have some critique, you can, you can email that to Jimmy. Uh, I'm just kidding. You can just write that down on a note and put it in the offering plate at your church. And someone will read that and be confused. And, but as no, for real, we appreciate you listening. Hopefully you found something helpful. If you did share this with anybody that you think this could be helpful for, uh, it is our hope that we would see more worship leaders raised up who think deeply about what we're called to do. Uh, because man. This is a calling to not just play good music, but to exalt Christ and see people literally transform from death to life in christ and so i just think that man we want to take this seriously we want to think deeply about it because when we uh when we do that the lord can take our efforts and multiply them uh to the glory of his name not just in your local church but all around the world and so yeah and then i'll plug we're both at church planning networks if you're interested and uh join in one of our networks and you want to be a worship leader at a church plant maybe hit one of us up there's always open roles we'd love to talk to you uh so anyways just totally random plug there but Thanks for watching and we'll, uh, we'll check you or we'll see you in the next episode.